Mana 3 Media. Branches is not only a place to go to find help for mental, emotional, and behavioral issues. Branches is just as interested in the physical well-being of the people that we care for. That is why Branches Wellness is here to provide help in losing weight, in just overall health management, and in medication management. Body, soul, and spirit care for the whole individual. So Branches is a place to turn to find hope and healing in the midst of a hurting and sometimes difficult world. Let's face it, the world is just a messy place. There's probably not one of us that hasn't heard a lesson or some information at some point and said, hey, with all that's going on around me, what difference does that make? I'm Dr. Mike Courtney. I'm a counselor, a lifelong recoverer, a husband, a father, a business owner, a grandfather, and I love to ask this question, what difference does that make? Welcome to What Difference Does That Make, a podcast that's dedicated to helping you live a healthier, happier, and perhaps holier life in what is sometimes a very difficult and messed up world. Hi, my name is Mike Courtney, and I'm the host of this podcast, What Difference Does That Make? And I am glad to be with you today. In fact, you don't know how glad I am to be with you today. And that's what the podcast is about for today. Uh, let me tell you a little story, and that will lead us into the into the discussion. Uh, my grandson, Caleb, my youngest of three grandsons, Caleb is uh, not quite two. He'll be two at the end of this year. And Caleb is at just at that place where he's putting together short sentences in relatively intelligible words. Uh, and so it's fun to begin to get to know him in a different way as he's able to talk to us. Uh, he comes into the house. Now, let me also say that, uh, Poppy C is his favorite and Poppy C likes being his favorite. Uh, Caleb comes into the house. I usually will kind of hang back a little bit and let Doris have her moment of glory while he comes in and hugs Mimi. But very quickly, the first words out of his mouth will be, Poppy C, where are you? Poppy C, where are you? Where are you, Poppy C? There is no better sound in the whole world than Caleb saying, Poppy C, where are you? Well, I tell you that story to say, I, I have been gone for a while. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have disappeared and fallen off the face of the earth. And part of the reason for this podcast at this time is to uh, say in the immortal words of Jack Nicholson, I'm back. Um, I, I didn't want the podcast to just end uh, in 2021 without some kind of closure. I appreciate those of you that have listened and several people have emailed or, or texted and said, when's the next podcast coming out? It has been uh, four or five months, five months, I think, since the last podcast dropped. And... Uh, so I, I didn't want to just end the year without some kind of closure. Uh, so this is that. This is to say we want to wrap up 2021. I'll tell you why I have been gone, and that's the topic for today. And then to say that we'll be back. Um, uh, so now I'm, I'm quoting two famous philosophers, Jack Nicholson saying, I'll, uh, I'm back, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back. 
uh, we'll, we'll begin again shortly after the beginning of the year. Uh, I'm grateful to all of you that have listened and supported this and so thankful we'll, it'll be better. We're kind of learning this and I'm excited about a new year and some new conversations. I've already uh, recorded a couple of uh, interviews and conversations for 2022 and I think it'll be doing a little bit different way. It'll be a fun uh, way and so thank you for being a part of this and and look for that uh, first co- podcast to drop in 2022 uh, somewhere around the middle of, of January I, I imagine so uh, let's talk about why I have been away and uh, and, and and what's going on in August and this is the, this may be the last conversation I have about this for a while but in August Doris and I were on our way to a tennis tournament those of you who listen know I'm an avid tennis player and enjoy both playing and watching tennis and we were going to watch the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati. I had been struggling for about a week with what I thought was a migraine headache although I've never had a migraine headache it just it felt like what that must feel like Um, and it just got progressively worse until by the time we got to the tennis tournament uh, in Cincinnati, I, it was, I think this is the appropriate word, it was blindingly painful. It was on the left side of my face and head and, and so so excruciatingly painful that, it, that I almost could not see out of my, my left eye. Uh, so uh, we did what we always do. We went to our uh, go-to medical provider, my son Joshua, who is a PA, and I called him and Josh ran down through a long list of symptoms and and did kind of his diagnostic work from a distance and said, Dad, I don't think, I don't think it's a stroke, I don't think this is something that is imminently dangerous, but I think you should come home and get it checked out. Uh, Well, we battled with that, but by the next day, I was in so much pain that Doris put her foot down and said, we are going home. And we packed up, left the tennis tournament, and drove back to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where I immediately went to the emergency room and spent the next 20 hours or so being poked and prodded and looked at from uh, every doctor in Rutherford County, I believe. It wasn't long until the doctor diagnosed me with shingles uh, on the left side of my face and head and in my left eye. Now, I've talked to people before who have had shingles, and they say it is unbelievably painful, and I agree, and to have that in your face and eye is is just absolutely debilitating. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, throw uh, mothers under the bus, but I had one doctor who was a female, and she said, I've had two babies, and I've had shingles, and shingles is by far the most painful thing I've ever endured. And she went on to say, and I cannot imagine it having it in your face and in your eye. It was excruciatingly painful. They, they gave me very heavy pain medication, nerve blockers, and, and, and if I could get it down to a dull roar, that was an amazing day. Uh, just so painful that for the next two months, I almost literally did not get out of bed except to go to doctor's appointments. I began immediately to see an ophthalmologist with shingles in your eye. There can be permanent eye damage and even uh, uh, vision loss or blindness. Uh, began to go to a pain specialist, began to go to my 
primary care doctor and just one doctor's visit after another but uh, I would go right back and get right back in, in bed again uh, it, it is I'm, I'm not trying to belabor this point I just want to make sure you understand it is the most painful thing that I can imagine and because it lasts for a long period of time I really began to understand a new word and that word is suffering I'm sick or I have a broken bone or I'm even emotionally struggling in my marriage but there seems to be an end to this suffering is this long term day after day unending unabating excruciating pain that you go through and so I began to classify this as suffering and that leads me then to how I want to conclude this year. Aren't you glad you tuned into this podcast? It is going to get better, I promise. But I I feel like that God taught me some things about suffering. And I feel like that it would be a good thing after two years nearly of COVID and the pandemic and now a new strain of COVID uh, rearing its ugly head. I thought it might be a good thing to talk about how we handle suffering. Now, I want to say, I know that people have suffered worse and they have suffered longer. This pain was excruciating, but I I imagine, I'm I'm sure that there are other things that people have gone through that is equally, if not more, painful. I also know that it's, it's been five months now. I am much, much better, but I still have very severe pain in my head. I still have some struggles with my eyesight. Um, I I know there are people that have done that not for five months, but for five years or for decades. I have a a cousin that I love dearly that for decades has struggled with this debilitating pain. So I know that in, in the grand scheme of things, there's far worse and far longer. But I believe, in my humble opinion, that what I've gone through would qualify as suffering and so gives me some voice with which to say, Suffering requires something different than, than other kinds of, of injury or hurt or, or wound. And so these four things I want to share with you, the four things I've learned about suffering at the end of 2021. The first is this, suffering requires a different kind of solution. It looks for, it learns to look for something different Uh, When I am sick, I look forward to the day that I will be well. When I have a broken bone, I look forward to the day that will be healed. When I'm struggling in my marriage, when my finances are in shambles, all of those things, I look forward to a conclusion, to an end. But with suffering, you begin to feel like there will not be an end. And so you look forward to a different kind of solution, to enduring, to making it through the day a little bit of respite, some kind of, of relief, it, it just requires a different kind of solution. I, I began to pray the serenity prayer more and more and more. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it felt to me that this suffering was something that I, I could not change. And so learning to look for a different outcome was helpful. I I found some psalms that were what I would call psalms of lament. 
One of those was the 130th Psalm that begins, Out of the depth I call to you, O Lord, hear my voice. Out of the depth I call to you, O Lord, hear my voice. And I would, I would just pray that over and over and over again. I'm not, I'm not even asking for an end to this. I'm just asking God, please, to hear my voice. Suffering requires a different kind of solution. And I think when I can learn to look for that, I, I am better off. I think I'm healthier because of that. To just, God, help me to make it through today. Help me to get a little bit of rest. Help, help this pain to abate some. Uh, suffering requires a different kind of solution. Here's the second thing that I learned. Suffering needs a different kind of support system. I, I'm blessed by so many friends, and so many of you sent texts and emails, and I'm so grateful for that, and thank you, and I hope that you'll do that for other people when they go through difficult times. But in this long-term, unrelenting suffering, a different kind of support system was necessary, and that came to me in two ways. It came to me in person. I want to say, first of all, my wife was absolutely... Uh, angelic. She was, she was amazing in her willingness to just be present. Sometimes just the ministry of presence. Uh, there were times where I didn't want her to say, how are you feeling or what can I do for you? Uh, but just to be present, just to be in the room, to know that she was around uh, and she would stop in and check every once in a while and bring me a drink of water, bring me medicine when the time was right. But that that face-to-face -face presence was such a necessary support. Another person that provided that was my daughter-in-law, Allison. Allison was a nurse at uh, Vanderbilt Hospital in the medical intensive care unit for a long time and now is a nurse practitioner that works with us at Branches. Allison would stop by almost every day and just check on me and check on my medication and help me to put the right medication in the right slot so I took it at the right time. Some of the medication that they prescribed me, I could not take. It was, I ended up in the emergency room with allergic reactions to it. And so Allison helped me to develop a protocol of, uh, quite honestly, just Advil and Tylenol, Advil and Tylenol. And, and, uh, but, but I looked forward so just to her coming in the morning, just knowing that she was gonna stop by that that face-to-face long-term support system is so needed when someone that you know is going through suffering and then the not face-to-face -face support system I had two men who began texting me every day every day I would receive a text from one of these men that just simply said I'm praying for you today I'm praying for you today and I tell you that I would sometimes at three o'clock in the morning I would say God here's the different solution God, help me just to hold on long enough to get the text that says, Tim is praying for me today. When you know someone who is going through suffering, I encourage you to be that steady, daily, faithful, long-term support system. Send cards, make phone calls. Those things are so important. But just the everyday little thing to let you know we can we can get through one more day. That kind of support system was so necessary and so vital. So suffering needs a different kind of solution and needs a different kind of support system. 
Here's the third thing that I discovered. Suffering needs a different source of surety. Uh, now, another word for that would be faith, but faith doesn't start with an S, and so to keep the alliteration, I said surety. But I think you understand what I mean. Suffering needs an assurance from somewhere that is different from the assurance that you might need in other settings, in other situations. Uh, I, I've said it this way. The, the faith that got me through this period of suffering was far different from the faith that gets me through the good times. Through the good times, something good happens, and I have the faith to believe that this is from God, that God is doing this, and to be grateful for that. Or when things don't happen well, I have the faith to believe that God will turn that around. You know, I'm going to see a better tomorrow. That positive, emotional kind of faith that helps me to feel better knowing that God is in control and that God is in charge. In suffering, there is no feel better. And so the faith that I, that I learned to depend on was not an emotional reliance upon God, but a cognitive acceptance that God is who He is, that He will do what He says He will do, and that He loves me with an everlasting love. And to be candid, when I would say that, when I would acknowledge that, I did not feel better. It did not make me happier or make the pain go away. It instead helped me to, again, to just hold on and say, this is what I have for now. This is what I can do. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not yet see. And those are not emotional words. They are, they are cognitive words. They are acknowledging, recognizing, deciding to believe that God will come through. That kind of, of faith, that kind of surety is the, the faith, the assurance, I think, that you need when you are suffering. And, and by the way, here's where learning the Word of God and, and putting some verses in your heart is so important because there were times I did not feel like I could read, but I, I learned to quote the Bible verses that I knew and to quote them over and over repeatedly. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I will never leave you or forsake you. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. I began to quote those over and over and again. And again, not feeling better, but simply saying, I believe these verses to be true. I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that. That cognitive grit to say, I will not let go of what I believe. Suffering needs a different source of surety. And then here's the last thing. Suffering introduces you to a different Savior. I met God in a different way. In, in, I think, a very loving and tender way, but not in a God who sweeps down and is a, a lucky charm or a rabbit's foot and makes everything go away, but a God who just says, I will, I will be there. I, I will be with you in, in the suffering. Um, I, I was praying one day about uh, maybe two months into this, and it was so excruciating at three o'clock in the morning the pain the pain would not go away and and I, I and I was praying and saying God take this away please take this away and God said to me you're praying the wrong prayer I said God what tell me tell me what to pray just tell me what to pray and I will pray it 
And I heard God say, uh, almost as clearly as I'm talking to you, I heard God say, don't ask me to take the pain away. Ask me to come and be with you as you go through the pain. And so I began to pray differently. I began to pray, God, just show up today. Just be with me. Just allow me. And I would feel his presence. I would feel the assurance that he was there. The pain would not abate. The suffering did not go away. But I would know that God was there with me. It, I, I met the Savior in a whole new light, in a whole different way. And in fact, the Savior that was willing to go through that kind of suffering with me to take it on was an amazing, incredible thing. So that's my story about suffering. And as we enter into a holiday season, and some of you are suffering with the loss of loved ones, with COVID still, with uh, cancer treatments, all of those things. I just want you to know that I, there are some people who love you and are praying for you. And I would encourage you to seek a different kind of solution, to find a different support system, to put your faith in a different source of surety, and finally to recognize the Savior as in this and right beside you. And speaking of Christmas, isn't that what the Christmas story is anyway? It is a God from afar who is willing to come down and enter into our suffering. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the Father, grace and truth. That's my prayer for you in your suffering and in your holiday season, that God does that. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, for listening. Again, we will... Uh, uh, be back uh, early in the year in the show notes. My wonderful friend and great producer, David Wilkinson, will let you know uh, how you can connect with us on different ways. Go to branchesblog.com and I'm blogging regularly. I do believe that out of this suffering, God has given me more things to say and hopefully some of them are helpful for you. So go to branchesblog.com to kind of stay connected and to find out what's going on. Have a blessed Merry Christmas and may God watch over and protect and keep you in the middle of your suffering. And what difference does all this make? Well, it allows us to know that we are deeply, desperately loved by God. And so we can love ourselves, even in the midst of moments of suffering. God bless you. I will talk to you in 2022. What Difference Does That Make with Dr. Mike Courtney is part of the Mana 3 Media Network. It is hosted by Dr. Mike Courtney and is produced and edited by me, David Wilkinson. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love for you to subscribe to What Difference Does That Make wherever podcasts are downloaded. Be sure to check out our episode show notes. You can learn more about Branches Counseling Center on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out more podcasts by Mana3 Media, including my own, Dad Matters, on Instagram, at Mana3Media. That's M-A-N-A, the number three, media. To find out more about Branches, I encourage you to go to branchescounselingcenter.com or call 615-904-7170.